Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod, brought to you by our friends at Guinness. Uh, we're sure some of you uh, probably have some free pints of Guinness to claim following the Match Pint Guinness Six Nations Predictor game, so make sure you check out your Match Pint app uh, for your nearest pub showing the rugby next weekend as well. Hey, how you been, guys? You well? Very Good well. to have you back, Goody. Thanks. Looking tanned and toned? Yes. Thank tanned, you. Tanned and toned. Mate, how good is it when you come back from holiday? You look, you look in the mirror and you've got a bit of a glow, a bit of a tan. Did you have your shirt off on holiday or not? Mate. <laughs> I look good. And what's, what's the missus saying? My missus has fallen in love with me again. Uh, why, why, even why, further. Why has she fallen out of love? Well, I probably know why she's fallen out of love with you. But <laughs> we, we had a lovely time with the twins. You connected again? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've been busy, haven't we, Jim? So we had a week with the family and a couple of nannies over in Dubai. How many nannies? Uh, one day we had two. I mean, Jim, all I'm going to say is good luck with four on the flight to Dubai in a couple of weeks. I've told the missus. I, I, my missus, she adores me now. Because everything that was going on on holiday, you know, the twins, one of them's crying. And I said to her, I said, it could be worse. could be like Jim with four. Sitting in an economy with my knees <laughs> around my head. What, so you, you flew in business as well, didn't you? Of course. Like, our lives are the polar opposite. We're, we're polar opposite human beings. Both well, visually. Well, I'm intelligent. Aesthetically. Not so much. Well, I'm, I, I'm not. I am, I'm not as intelligent as you, but everything else, You're I'm funnier. significantly better. I'm funnier. To look at. I'm better looking. I've got m- m- more hair. I say that. I'm Have you? Slightly. Yes. Yes, Have I've you, got James? more hair. You've got more tattoos. Don't mind his face is coming on your ass soon. But no, it's a good holiday, actually. Really good. Uh, relaxing. What do you do when you go to Dubai? What's there that keeps taking you back? Uh, sun. Candy. Do you find you look healthier in the mirror now that you've got, you know, you've got to get a bit well, of a I can't tan see, on, don't Yeah, you? yeah. It's from shoulders up. And I remember Ed Jackson, we went to Vegas uh, many moons ago. We were playing for Wasp at the time. It's Ben Jacobs, Stag Do. So we've gone to, to Vegas, but we're in the changing rooms leading up to the trip towards the end of the season. And the lads are doing extras in the gym to you know, try and make themselves good for Vegas. I was like, lads, don't fucking worry about that, boys. You don't need that. I mean, obviously, I, I didn't want to look any better than I, than I did, which wasn't great because I, I wasn't looking for love. Some of the boys were. So Jack was like, Goody, you know what? You don't want to do any extras. You're... I said, Jacko, I know my limits. Get in the pool, get the water level just above, <laughs> just below the shoulders, just above the nipples. I said, and we all look the same. Smart. Um, but no, what do we do? So well, a general day for us would be the kids woke up at half 11 in the morning. Half 11 in the morning. Blackout room, like full on. You know, you got to you have your own blackout room at home, but then you go to a hotel. It's a whole other level of blackout, isn't mm. it? I don't know why you're looking at Andy Rowe. He would not have stayed in a hotel like that. If you call, <laughs> if youth, youth hostels have the same. Yeah, they're very similar. <laughs> so the kids are wake up at, about generally most days about 11 o'clock go for breakfast healthy omelette with four sausages yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, breakfast and then the nanny comes at half 11 send the kids off to the kids club those four hours me and the missus in the adult only sunbathing area so you can't hear a kid scream or anything just peace in the pool reading joey barton's book autobiography it's good read very good read you know joey barton jim of course i do people may or may not like him but his, his book's worth well worth a read. So on the sun lounger there, the missus looking at me going, yeah, you're an eight. Out of a hundred, she said. <laughs> you're an eight? <laughs> Out of a hundred. She means you've put on eight stones since you met her. <laughs> Any vape or not? Uh, you vaping on the, on the sun lounger? No, no. <laughs> Is it straight? Mate, I don't smoke, don't vape. What are you on about? My mum listens. Um, and then 4, 4.30, go and get the kids out from uh, the room, wake them up, put them in their swimming costumes, take them down for a swim. 
And then that so lasts for about five, an hour and a half. Five minutes in the pool, then back. No, 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 they love it. It was amazing. You know when you see your kids, and you'll see this no, with twins. No, From day one, <laughs> you, do, you just don't see them. From day one the holiday, when they've got a bit of a fear of the pool, to the last day, when they're literally trying to dunk their own heads in, I'm, I'm like, let me do that. Let me dunk you in. Just the development of it. So we we take them swimming, and then go back to the room, give them some food. Obviously, they have a bit. I have a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I do my exercise. Well, you are. Well, I take them for a really long walk around the hotel and like all the grounds. Stop off for a couple of beers and barasti. How they? the other half live? Well, the missus has the missus in the room. She's getting herself ready for the evening's entertainment. Then the nanny comes back. Nanny comes back at about eight. Is that me screaming or? I don't know. Um, Nanny comes back at about eight o'clock. Mate, something big best happen here because this sounds <laughs> no, like no, I'm just shit. Telling you. No, this, this sounds is... so boring. But you, you've asked me what, what what takes me back there. Just what? Nanny, just Nanny, shitness. Na- Nanny comes back at eight o'clock. Bath the kids, put them to bed. Me and the missus go out for dinner. Mate, we went to Nobu. Gonna... We went to Zuma. We went to Koya. We went to Hakazan. Mate, I've never heard of these places. I thought you were going to exactly. say you got, you got on a pedlo and basically re- got on a pedlo to Africa. No, or something. mate. I don't need to do that. Mate, just, what a shit holiday! It's amazing, mate. Relaxing, spending time with the missus and the kids. You should try it, James. Well, I'm, maybe, go- I'm trying it. Maybe you'll like it. your missus and kids by the end of it. I'm going to try it. I'm trying it in a couple of weeks. Okay, so we'll see. Good luck with four kids. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Turning right on the plane. Get Not- the nanny in. Yeah. And you, you've just got back and your bags are packed and you're heading off again, Oh, you? yeah. So we got back yesterday and then did a load of washing or got the, the maid to wash all the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I actually repacked my suitcase and we're off to Hong Kong, aren't we, Jim? Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. I packed my own suitcase and washed my own clothes. Yeah. I am so unorganised, it's beyond belief. Your admin is fucking terrible. I, I, do, I, I don't know what to do. Your, your New Year's resolution was to get better at admin. And right? I am slightly better. I genuinely, like I am, I'm sending emails more. You're sending emails more. I'm sending making sure, emails more. I'm making well sure done, that they're sent. Well, sometimes I was sending them like, and then... I, on my iPad and didn't realise that I didn't have the bloody Wi-Fi on so it was an airplane <laughs> mode the whole time I reckon there was a good few months I was like where are these and then someone said oh have you looked in your junk see if they're fly I looked in junk I thought well let me have a look in the scent then they had this thing called Outbox and I was like what this right thing <laughs> so I look, click on the Outbox I've got like 30 emails in there I'm like there they are yeah, and we're off to Hong Kong yeah we're off to Hong Kong I stopped uh, in at the office this morning as well Money Corp Big shout out to them. Yeah, but we need to because the poly sounds a bit, mate. You, you could be getting the sack soon. Got Martin now, mate. Top biller at the company. Don't worry about that. And what, what's happening in, in Hong Kong? Well, I'm not looking forward to it. I saw Goody today. He's obviously looked at me. He got to the stage where he couldn't see his, his penis. Now he can't see his toes. <laughs> so he is primed to go to Hong Kong, whereas oh. I'm not. I've been training Andy Rowe for the triathlon. So I'm not primed to go to Hong Kong, whereas Goody is absolutely primed. I mean, six days on the piss is all I'm going to say. Did you did you have any drinks when you're in Edinburgh for the Champions uh, Cup on the weekend? No, I didn't. No, I was working at the game, um, so I had. We, very... we are professional as well, aren't we? Yeah, well, I'm I'm very professional, Goody. I've got to be good at something. <laughs> I've got to be good at something. What did you make of that game? Why been horrible? <laughs> what was a horrible game? I didn't... No, you're the tone in which you said. Um, I just want your analysis. It was a very good game, Andy Rowe. Is this with an open cloth? It, I'm di- now dissecting it with. An open wet cloth. Wet cloth now, it's an upgrade. Why, why is it wet? I don't know. It just sounds better. It's been under my armpits. Oh, God. <laughs> I was there pitch side. And it is one of them, I've always said it before, I find you get a much better perspective if, you, if you're watching it on TV. So when you're doing commentary, you get a higher view down to the pitch and you can, you can also revert back to the TV screen. I was literally pitch side and I did have a little screen watching it. So a few things that I missed when I've looked back on it that I probably should have said in hindsight. Were you commentating during the game or pitch side analyst? Uh, pitch side analyst. Um, um, and I just come in with the odd point. 
So any any decent one liners like you know, we don't want to upset the fish cart. When Toby Carvery came off, I find it very hard. I'm having to revert to the team sheet to make sure I get his name, which is Joey Carvery, apparently, not Toby Carvery. But a bit of ruggers. Mate, Edinburgh, did, did you predict they were going to win or not? Did you? No, I said Munster would win just because of European pedigree. And it turned out that wherewithal and understanding and knowledge of winning the games at European level, and you can you can pick out the bones of the game, can't you? But the opening few minutes, just take the points. You say that. No, you, you have say to, that. mate. I don't, I, I don't know necessarily in the in the opening few minutes. I, I just I I don't think the opening few minutes you necessarily have to take the points. I think you know, Edinburgh came out before the game and they said that they wanted to play Munster like with intent, you know, really try and put them on the back foot, try and build momentum, which they did. Like Edinburgh had most of the possession in the first half. Yeah. And they had an opportunity to take the sticks and they didn't, they went to the corner and didn't come away with anything. But if you're looking at the game as a whole, Edinburgh were winning up until about the 74th minute. Yep. And then Pierre Schumann, Schumann, I called him Schumann because everyone shouts Schu, but it's actually Schumann. Pierre Schumann. And I opened him up a bit. Hell of a lid. Hell of a lid. I mean, hell of a player. He is awesome. Have you judged him on? No, no, no. no. On I, Channel 4? I, I took a superficial view of what he did. He, he basically blocked Ty Byrne, who's a big fan of the show. And we are about to open him up, unfortunately, because hey, I've now. Him Ty Byrne. I'm not opening him up at all. Okay. This is all you, Jim. Okay, all right, it is. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it as I've seen it. So, the changing point of the game, that you talk about big moments, Edinburgh winning like 13 points to 10, and basically kick goes up, and Pierre Schumann just blocks Ty Byrne, takes him out of the ball. When drops the shoulder. I wouldn't say he dro- drops the shoulder, but he definitely blocks him. Ty Byrne goes down like he's been shot. I actually thought, and I was there with Lee McKenzie, who was doing the, the pitch side with me, we thought he'd broke his arm the way he'd gone down. Oh, he's got, yeah, I mean, he's gone down like a sack of shit, like he, you know. Like I thought he's broke his arm. How he's gone down, I'm like, he's, he's fucked. He, he's going to come off here because he's broke his arm or he's fell awkwardly on his shoulder. Didn't think anything more of it. Obviously, game finishes, Munster win the game, off the back of kicking to the corner, off that penalty that goes back, driving line out. Keith Earls ends up coming back, scoring in the corner again. Good hands, wasn't it? Two, great hands, but two opportunities tries, one off the scrum in the first half, which was arguably shouldn't have happened because Colin Murray judo threw Henry Pergos, but oh, Henry Pergos no, threw the ball. Mate, there's nothing in that. I don't think there's anything in that, but people, yeah. like, people are questioning that. Not at all. Um, so I, I, I get that, but the, you know, the big turning point in that game was the, the Pierre Schumann Tyburn incident, and I've looked it back on social media along with the Henry Pergos Colin Murray incident. I looked at it about 10, 15 times, and unfortunately, I just think that he's dived. He hasn't dived. Mate, he's yes. made a meal of it. Made a meal of and it. And I know how to make meals of things. Yeah, yes, you do. If any a lot of meals. Knows. If I got it like that, well, to be fair, Pierre Schumann would have been on his back. But <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is the thing, and Cockers said it about it after the game, didn't he? He's not going to hang him out to dry, but games like that, and you look at the quarterfinals on the weekend, there was only one game out of all the quarterfinals that was an absolute massacre, which was obviously Saracens. But all the other games were really tight. And knockout rugby, quarterfinal, semifinals, there's always two or three key moments like that that decide the games. Schumann didn't need to do that. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. And, and that's, that's the point. It's not, okay, Tag Burns made or Tag Burns made a meal of it. And he has. But the bottom line is, what Schumann's done is changed his line, barged into him, not, not necessarily with huge force, but it's a penalty. Yeah, and I, it always makes it, me think it, forwards. Why, it, do, why, why do forwards do that? Yeah, I don't, mate. Uh, yeah, mate, I, and you're talking to a bloke who used to do it loads of times, and and just lost me head. When you played, you could probably get away with it more because now there's the TMOs are right on the on the money with. Everything. I don't think he would have gone back though if Ty didn't go down like that. I, I just don't. 
And it's and it's one of them, mate. I suppose you can do it, can't you? You, you you've been clipped, so you, you you can fall on the floor. You can. Oh, well, there was one in the racing game. Uh, Zebo gets checked. Yeah, and he's gone down. He's dived like a footballer. Because the reason they're doing it now is because, well, as we saw, if you, you know, if you're watching that game the day before, then you know there's a big opportunity that could go back. You could sustain field position. You could score a try, and that could be the turning point. Yeah. You know they're going to have a look at it. And it's gamesmanship, isn't it? You know, trying to con and win penalties. But if you if you're Scooman, if you don't, why is he doing that? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't. I've not made because he played so well as yeah. well. He, uh, he had uh, an absolute you know, blind. I'm, I'm we're kind of hanging them out to dry without hanging them out to dry. We're hanging them both out to dry a little bit, aren't we? Because if if if, if it's on the other end, or the, yeah, if it's on the other end, then if the shoes on the yeah, other I foot, I couldn't even think who puts who puts shoes on the hands. <laughs> Take your shoes off and your slippers slippers <laughs> on your feet. Would you do that for your team if you know that he's clipped you? I make a meal of it. We're going to get a penalty as a team. Munster were hardly close to Edinburgh. All the possession we get to five within five meters out, we score, we win the game. Yeah, then maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know, because as I say, if it was me, you know, if Schumann did that to me, then he probably would have hurt himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, people can, you, you look at it from an Edinburgh perspective, if you're a player or a fan, you go, you know, he deserves an Oscar for it. If you're a Munster fan or whatever, and you've gone, well, he did get taken out. All right, he's made a meal of it, but who cares? We've got the penalty. Exactly. Any player that can stand there and say they've never tried to kid a ref in some part of the game to win a penalty or whatever, everyone's tried to do stuff like that. Guess who the ref was? Pascal Garces, no, 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 it is a penalties. Um, so he, he let it go at the breakdown. Edinburgh were the better team. Yeah. Uh, but Munster literally had two or three opportunities. And as you said, Andrew, they took them. They just had the pedigree to take them. Edinburgh was smashing, sm- smashing on the back door for a long time and it did not open, mate. Smashing the back doors down? Or? Yeah. But again, it, you know, you go back to it and Cockers will look at it and it's it's a learning experience. You know, he's immensely proud of what they've achieved this year. But now Edinburgh have done this this year. They've got to the quarterfinals, which they probably should have won. They then have to say that's a minimum requirement for us now moving forward and you always want to improve. So Cockers will say, look, this is how close we are to getting to a European semi if we fix these few things. Maybe we should have taken the points. Maybe Skuman, you know, at that stage of the game, when you understand that things are going to be looked at because it is close, you get you might get away with that earlier in the game if it's not as obvious or whatever. And there's, you know, the best teams in the world cheat the best. Let's be honest. We've played at Leicester. You know, we go around the grounds in the Premiership. You know, the away fans are always seeing same old Leicester always cheating. Saracens right now the best team. Do they cheat? They cheat like hell. I'm not saying cheating like hell is probably the wrong Who thing cheats? to say. But they're, no, my you know, they're was always... My ass was in Luton and I paid full <laughs> whack. Like, manipulating. Yeah. There you go. Manipulating the referee. Work, well yeah. done, Jim. But they push the offside lines, whether they're, you know, onside when they're flying out the line and all that. But it's about winning. And, you know, Edinburgh will learn massive lessons from that. And Munster have obviously lent on their experience and it, it's pulled them through. Edinburgh were the better team, but... You know, it doesn't matter if you're the better team if you're out of the competition. Munster's win meant we're straight away guaranteed two Irish sides in the, the semi-finals. Uh, it wasn't to be for Ulster over the weekend. We've got someone that was uh, right in the thick of it. Got yourself a bleeding nose, didn't you, KV? How's it going, lads? Yeah, I got a bit of a, a bit of a slap on the back, so I'm a bit sore, yeah. Mate, you, did, did, you played that well. Does it feel like you won or not? Um, well, at the end, they were, you know, those 60,000 people screaming one more year. I was like... <laughs> I was like Stop it, honestly, stop it. And they're like, no, you, you prick, we're chatting about Rory Best. <laughs> um, do you know, jokes aside, it's, it is mixed emotions because ultimately, like, we lost. We're out of the competition. Having said that, like, we're very, very proud of how we played and, 
you know, we showed we can sort of we can hack it at that level, and it bodes well for the future of this group going forward in the league and the future of the sort of the team over the coming years. Oh, mate, it definitely does. You boys were awesome. What was the build-up like? I mean, Leinster clearly were favourites. Me and Goody spoke about it before. We, we we knew that you guys would bring your A game, but what was the build-up like to the game? It's exciting for, uh, like, it's, it's new territory for a lot of these players, this group, and not a lot of the players have played at the Aviva Stadium. You, you guys know there's a big difference um, playing, like, in what you'd call, like, an arena, like a 50, 60,000 stadium. So there's loads of excitement. And we, we knew, we know how good Leinster are. Um, but we enjoyed the fact that nobody gave us a snowball's chance. And I think the bookies were saying we were plus 17. And when their team was announced, uh, like we, we thought they were very, very, very beatable. Uh, we were confident with, with our team and, and how we prepared. And like we did enough to win the game. Just ultimately, as the result shows, we didn't win it. And obviously, mate, you had a heroic performance, uh, especially defensively, making all the tackles. But let's just talk just before the game. Um, I saw a few clips on social media of all the Ulster fans. Apparently, there's about 15,000 Ulster fans at the Aviva Stadium. But also on the bus on the way in, I saw a video from Freddie Burns there in the Ulster fan zone and the pubs outside. How good was that as an away player going into the stadium, seeing how many of the Ulster faithful were with you? Yeah, it was class, and again, it it just goes back to show like th- this team has been on such a journey. Uh, we had to play in a, a qualifying game to get into Europe last year um, against the Ospreys at home, and uh, it was probably one of the worst crowds I've played at in terms of numbers at home. I think there was about you know seven or eight thousand there, so to have double that, um, say ten months later, travel down the road to take on Leinster with us, uh, yeah, it was great. It just um, Great day, great memories. Just obviously very disappointed that, that we didn't get the win. And unfortunately for me, I've been in a few changing rooms like that before where we've lost to, to Lancer and Knockout games. The, the difference this year that almost made it worse is that I felt like we, we could have and maybe should have won. There's been times when you lose, you can just hold your hands up and say they're better than us and go back and we try and become better and we, we sign well and we train hard and we improve. And over the last few years, we've done that. Uh, and this, like, we were ready to go. We had them there and we didn't get it done. So in many ways, that's almost uh, tougher to take. Yeah, there's probably a couple of reasons about that, but we'll get onto it in a minute. But for you personally, KV, we've been giving you a bit of stick, haven't we? Captain of the Shags and all that. So you've put in a big performance. Um, how was that for you? Because I, look, I know what it's like. I played in the quarterfinal against Glasgow a couple of years ago, Saracens, and then got man of the match in that game and I never fucking played again. So, um, <laughs> like, has anything been said to you? Is it? I know you're questioning potentially what you're going to do next year, but playing on that biggest stage, for you, what are you thinking? Are you thinking... London Irish next um, year or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon uh, your value's gone up a good ten grand now off the back of that a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, I've doubled doubled up the uh, twenty grand contract value a season now. So um, no, I listen. I don't know. I think I love joking about the captain, the shags, and all. It's good fun. And this year, like I've been on the bench a good bit, and I was rolled out at Christmas in the second teams a couple of times, and and it's it's great fun. It's great fun. Uh, uh, I um, have never doubted my ability to play um, in big games like that so for me I suppose it's probably it's probably nice to show other people that I can still do that and uh, you know we can have the laugh but um, it is it is it is funny Jim we speak about it like people are very quick to forget you know I think that's the fourth final I played in and like I went to the World Cup a few years ago and I, I got the impression that people were genuinely like astounded that I didn't play like a dick you know <laughs> um 
So yeah, it, 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 for me, I didn't surprise myself, but you know, maybe I surprised a few people. Well, you didn't surprise us, mate, because as you know, people come on the podcast. You're a regular friend of the podcast now, and and you just go to bigger and better things, don't you? But more interestingly for me, obviously there was there, were, there has been a few injuries. Um, you had a bit of a knock before the game, didn't you? Do you have um, some injections in your ribs as well before the match? Yeah, I got absolutely smoked in the next week, uh, the game against the Kings, and uh, I strained the intercostal muscles, so yeah, I had to get a couple of them. Um, What's that? Um, yeah, somewhere in there, underneath my gut somewhere. Oh, okay, okay. I'll no, have one yeah. He hasn't seen that well, since, like, uh, since oh. he was six months old, mate. <laughs> you need some padding around your midriff, mate. You don't get bruised ribs then, pal. Yeah, so I had a I had, yeah I had to get two injections uh, on Thursday and then two before the game anesthetic just so literally I couldn't feel it so it was pretty sore but um yeah I sort of thought you know what I'll be a, a long time retired so uh, you know I'm not going to sit out a game like that. Mate, we need to get to the talking point of the game. We had Freddie Burns on last week on the podcast uh, who was brilliant by the way. He was quite candid on the situation which he was involved in with dropping the ball over the line. We've got to bring it up, obviously. Um, it's been well documented now. There's a load of stuff, you know, after the game around Stockdale. Uh, how was he after the game, first and foremost? And, uh, you know, what's he said and what the boys said to him? Yeah, like, I, I genuinely, I, I felt for him. Um, he was absolutely devastated. The fact of the matter is, you know, we wouldn't have been in that game. He scored in every pool game for us. Some of them scintillating tries. So we wouldn't have been in that quarterfinal without him. How he actually manages to get over the try line from where he receives the ball is spectacular. Um, I don't. I, when he, got, he gets that ball, I'm outside going, do not pass it to me, pal, because I ain't got a chance of going over the line. Listen, he knows he should have set it down, but as I said, like he's he's he, he's played a big role in getting us there, and he actually played bloody well. His his ball in the air competing with Adam Byrne was one of the best sort of uh, highlights of the game. I thought if he puts that down, he's man of the match. Oh, so, man, of course, yeah. And, mate, and his, um, his as well, he weren't taking the piss either, was he? Like, it wasn't a case of, like, he was showboating or anything like that. He's just... Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not too sure what's gone through his head. And, but we definitely, listen, if he scores that try, the dynamic of the, game, dynamic of the game completely changes. So you can't say for certain that Luke, we would have gone on and Luke Marshall would have scored. So it's not as simple as saying um, that, you know, you can't just add five points or seven points onto our score at the end of the game and say that costs us the game. That's not how rugby works. We all know that with with changes in momentum. So the way I see it, he'll be, he'll be as disappointed with anyone. He's apologised to the group privately and publicly to people. He didn't need to do that because, he, as I said, we wouldn't have been in that position uh, without him this season. He's a phenomenal player. To be honest with you, I think he's potentially the best left winger in the world. I wouldn't swap him for anyone. If he said, take a pick of wingers ahead of him, I, I don't know if I would take anyone for him. So he's a quality player and he's only going to keep getting better. I'll tell you what, he needs to sort out that lid, though. I don't, is he going for the perm or what? What's he doing with that, mate? He needs a, he needs a high and tight. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what. It, I, someone said to him during the week, so what is wrong with your lid, pal? But I don't know what he's at. It's the perm. And talking of people that haven't got perms, uh, Roy Best, absolutely no hair on his head. How is he? Because um, with the injury, it didn't look good. Uh, I'm not sure. It was a couple of injuries in the game, I'm sure. that oh, I'm no doctor, but Dan Levy looked oh, like man, he absolutely fucked himself. That's gotten for him. He's a, He's... Like 12 months ago, he was sort of on the same path as James Ryan to absolute stardom. Uh, did, did, did he get caught in a, in a ruck? Did he, got, he got twisted out because they, they didn't show a replay, obviously, but it looked, what is it? I mean, he, he looked in horrendous pain. Yeah, I think it was, it was one of those ones that it was so gruesome they deliberately didn't show it. I think he's sort of in that like post position. He kind of gets knocked from one side and then he gets mangled from the other oh. side. And I'm not too sure what he's done. I think he might have dislocated and, and, and uh, something and ruptured something down there. So, 
the boys reckoned it was it was it was pretty ugly. So everyone sort of sent him best wishes and. Uh, Bestie, I think, was in kind of like a approach position as well. He rolled his ankle, so um, like he'll be getting assessed and stuff today. I'd say be out for a couple of weeks, but um, I don't. I'm no doctor to speculate on how long he's going to be out for. Well, talking of um, the next few weeks, uh, trip to Glasgow on Friday night. There we go. Are you, are you fit and ready to captain the Shags again, or, or what's happening? <laughs> I don't know what's going to be happening. We've, I'm fit and ready to go. I don't know in terms of selection what's going to be happening. We need to win games in the league. Our, our pool's real tight. The Scarlets, I think, are in fifth, and they're about eight points behind us, or seven points behind us. So we like we need to, first and foremost, secure that we're going to be back back in Europe next year. And ultimately, we want to be playing in, in the playoffs, preferably at home. So like we have no time to be sort of resting bodies and stuff. So we'll be going full metal jacket to try and get a result. So you'll be skipper of the whole lot then, not not the Shags. It'll be the first team. Well, I put, I, I'll put myself forward for it, Goody, but, uh, you know, um, when, I, when I phoned Dan, he just said, whose number is this, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, you, you've mentioned you've got a big run in, and we had Freddie on here last week, and Billy Burns, we heard about his fake tooth. Make sure that none of the guys be putting that fake tooth in the mouth and choking, you know, because that yeah. can cause serious harm, KV, can't it? It can, especially after what it's been, Jim. Oh, my oh very true. Is that the same one that you had in your mouth that you sent me? Is that the... Deny. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Deny, mate. Deny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, KV, thanks very much for joining us, mate. Best of luck this week. Cheers, lads. Speak to you soon. Well done, mate. Yeah, well done, mate. We'll just pretend he won. He played that well. We'll just say Ulster won. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, lads. Good, good lad. lad. Yeah, good lad. Good lad. Top lad. Good lad. Mate, hopefully, and he, he talks about that. Um, you know, obviously, he's dealt with some selection issues this year. Other players have come to the fore and all that stuff. But I love the way he said, I know I can do that. But as players, you talk about mental health and stuff and... You, know, you get dropped, and you know, like you said, as a bit of a joke, you played against Glasgow, got man of the match, and didn't fucking play again. Well, it's not a joke, no, <laughs> that's the truth, <laughs> mate. That's the bloody truth. I <laughs> know, oh, but then you go earlier in the season if you that happens and you don't play, you start to question things as a player, don't you? So, love KV uh, for saying he, he knows he's had that in his locker for you know, he's always backed himself. Other people perhaps were surprised how well he played, but it's a bit disrespectful to say that because he's right. Four quarterfinals, World Cups. Mate, it's you the one who's been horrible to him. No, mate, you you just... labelled him captain of the Shags no, and now he's just stuck. You know, he's the, just the, gone the with bin it. Juice. He's the bin juice. No, but, you know, fingers crossed and they have got an outstanding depth of, of talent there at Ulster now that's coming through and, you know, I know Caves is knocking on a little bit. Playing that well, you know, a lot of clubs should be looking at him as 100%. London right. Irish. You know, if Ulster don't, if if Ulster feel they've got the depth at centre to, you know, and perhaps go with a younger player or whatever, I'm, I'd sign Darren Cave. For, if I was doing the recruitment at Leicester, at Wasps, wherever, you'd have him. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's, surely Ulster are going to be considering now. Like you talk about, that's the biggest game in recent history for them. And I know there's the a load best of best they've played, for and that's the time. best they've played. Let's talk a bit about Ulster's performance because. I thought it was good. I, I didn't think Ulster would, would roll over. I, I knew they'd rock up and put yeah. a performance in. Mate, Leinster ain't playing well, are they? Well, you look at the, the whole Irish contingent off the back of the Six Nations, with Sexton out, like Kevin said, when you see the teams, imagine the, the boost that the Ulster boys got when they thought they saw Sexton not playing. But it's basically like Glasgow looking at Saracens going, Farrell's not playing. Oh, no, we're still shipping 50. Um, sorry, I'm horrible. You're but, Scottish, mate. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> mate, this is gone. The fact that the Calcutta Cup yeah, is gone, Scotland, it's gone. It's long gone. But, yeah, you knew with, with Bestie and, uh, as captain and you know, the players like Stockdale, when you're the top team, and Ulster aren't the top team, Leinster are the champions at the minute, you're there to be shot at. Yeah, the last time Leinster lost a home quarter final, 2005. And you're welcome. I got man of the match that day. <laughs> Leicester at Lansdowne Road. Mate, why are you so arrogant? I'm not, I'm just why saying. So I'm, not, I'm just saying. And I got dropped the next week. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you. Now, 
Andy Rowe, you ain't going to be able to answer this at all. Goody, you Go might on. be able to with the help of Tim. Why are Leinster playing all their games in Dublin? So last year, yep. quarterfinal, and I get it because they were top seed. They get, they yep. get, they, they, you get a home quarter in Dublin against yep. Saracens. Next game, semi-final, they're at home in Dublin again. Yep. And, and the other semi-finals in a neutral place. Well, the, the the Aviva Stadium is technically a neutral ground. This is what I'm saying, but it's not. I know, I know. Well, it is and it isn't. It's not their home ground. So as the way the seedings work, you get to the knockouts, quarter finalists. You get seed one to four, get home advantage. Common sense. It's then done on the semi final draw, but it's still seeded. So you get the home advantage in your country. What what, what other stadium are they going to play at? Well, this is the thing. This is where I was thinking that about. There has to be there, over there a certain a, amount yeah, of, of uh, the capacity. Be able to host all the broadcasts and stuff that yep. like that goes on. I get, I get all that. So you could play at Croke Park, but it's still unfavourable for. But Saracens could. Teams. So Saracens are moving their game to the, uh, the the best rugby club ground in England, the Rico Arena. So they could play at the London Stadium. They could play at Twickenham. They could play at Wembley. They could play at any of the football stadiums. But logistically, getting it to work and getting it to work for them in terms of the availability of those stadiums, a pitch they've played on. Yeah, a few. Yeah, you know they've with European. Rugby, they've decided that the Rico is the best stadium for them. So I just think it's unfair that Leinster, everything's in Dublin, everything's at home for them. But rules is rules, Jim. Rules as is as rules. Michael Holford used to say, rules is rules. We don't make them, we just live by them. Yeah, we just abide by them. That's yeah. right. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. If you're enjoying the pod and are interested in helping us out and getting access to even more great rugby content, don't forget to check out our super fan subscription service. Here's a clip of one of our latest features to give you a taste of what's on offer. So I'm here with England's most capped international, the fun bus himself, Jason Leonard. Tell us a bit about the fun bus, how it came about, and you know, is it a fair reflection on you? <laughs> uh, it was at the time. Um, it came around on uh, a tour to South Africa in 1994, the year before the Rugby World Cup in South Africa. And um, the last game of the season I played for Harlequins that year, before that tour, I played against Gloucester. And I tweaked my knee, and my knee wasn't right, and that was it, I just went, right, okay. And... I'm not going to make this trip to South Africa. And the, uh, the coaches knew about it. Obviously, uh, our physios and doctors were in touch with the England management. And um, I basically wrote it off. So in those days, your season would finish a lot earlier because obviously now we've got all the premiership finals and the like. But um, uh, I basically went missing for about the best part of four four or five weeks and uh, I was out, I was drinking, I was eating. I'd put on most probably about a stone and a bit, maybe two stone of... Uh, Blubber, you could only call it. Around, hero, around, absolute hero. Uh, around the uh, the waistline, and um, and then would you believe it? Just before the tour, I then got a call off the then manager Jack Rowe, who said, uh, "Jason, it gives me great pleasure to inform you that you've been selected for the England tour to <laughs> South Africa." And I went, "Jack, uh, you do know I'm injured at this moment in time." And he said, "No, no, I know that, but obviously, what we can we can do, we can rehab you in in, in that aspect, and then." As you're playing the, uh, in those days, the provincial games, we'd always play sort of Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday until you get to the, the last couple of weekends where you play the, the tests. And um, I said, but I've stacked on so much weight. I said, I can't, I can't play, something like that. I said, I'm, I'm about stone and a half, maybe two stone overweight. He said, that's not a problem. He said, uh, he said, look, we'll get you fit for these games by doing that and extra training as well. So by the time the tests come, you'll be fit as a flea. I said, but I, I can't run. I mean, I'm literally that overweight. And he went, Jason, that's not a problem. I don't want you to run. He goes, we're playing against the Springboks, which is one of the toughest physical packs in the world. And I just want you to basically scrummage, do your set piece. And, and for all I care, you could walk around the pitch, to be quite honest, which is quite handy because walking was a big part of my game <laughs> in, in those days. Tell me about it. And, and that's how it came about. So in the days before skin-tight jerseys and stuff like that, 
we used to have these training jerseys and, and one of them was a bright red bright red jersey and I put it on and Martin Bayfield was standing next to me was like Jesus I mean look at the size of you in that so I made this baggy cotton shirt look skin tight and um, he thought I looked like the size of a London bus and obviously with the accent as well and obviously because I I'd always enjoy going out and a, and a couple of pints and stuff like that so it just got Turn straight away. Fun yeah. bus. You're the fun bus. And, and I've not managed to shift it, to be quite honest. And you can listen to the full episode of that along with loads of other great content, all for less than the price of a pint a month. So head over to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod to check it out. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Do you guys want to speak more about the Jacob Stockdale incident? Because obviously it was a big talking point from the yeah. weekend. Yeah, and I, I mentioned it uh, when we spoke to Cavey there. Very different to Freddie's where, you know, Stockdale didn't go over kissing the badge, beating his chest, did he? He did the, the dreaded, what you told you should never do, the one arm put down, I think his inside arm as well. I don't know the details. I mean, I've only scored about 15 tries in my career. So. Jim, you wouldn't have a clue about running through and getting towards the try line and thinking, how am I going to put this fucking down? Genuinely, I have. I'm, I got oh, a India. Yeah, when you played India, you got a hat-trick. scored a hat-trick. Yeah. But I, I made a line break against Munster as well for Leicester. Oh, I, got, I mean, if you're dreaming, I got, you're dreaming, man, I got right? Ta- I got tap-tackled. Let's just say it's by O'Gara and then I got tap tackled by O'Connell at the same time. And I'm not the ball on. I'm not the ball on nearly over the line. Oh, really? And that haunted me forever. Yeah. So basically, I just run with my hands down. And if it comes off your head, then it's fine, mate. You look at what Stockdale's done, and it's easy afterwards saying, oh, slide in or do this or just put the ball down. You don't know, as a fan, even as a player, how you're going to react when you know you're scoring a try. So I think back to the very few times I scored tries, you don't know how you're going to react to put the ball down. You think, you know, in training, put it down. Everyone talks about putting it down, slide in if you need to. I've played with loads of players that have made errors. Players with huge amounts of experience. Daryl Gibson. (laughs) We played Munster years ago. And Daryl Gibson's cleaned through after picking up a, a grubber kick from me. And all he's got to do is is slide in and score. But he goes to put the ball down, spills it. And, you know, we end up losing the game, whatever. Dow Gibson was an all-black international. And you can't legislate from a super experienced player doing it to a very inexperienced player. Like Casey said, Stockdale's probably the best left wing in the world at the minute. He's not celebrating and then showboating. Then you can say, what are you doing? You don't know whether he's got a tight shoulder, doesn't want to dive on it. You can't hang him out to dry and say you're showing off or whatever because he wasn't it was just how he puts the ball down it just hasn't quite worked from this time mate we need to get him back on the show we'll get him back on the show and he'll be back <laughs> Racing uh, come up short against Toulouse what a game uh, hell of a game what a game Andy are you watch it red card or not did you watch it no <laughs> <laughs> well it was a bloody red card because he'd give it in my opinion it ain't a red card I've looked again I'm not here to upset the fish cart. I'm here to... The fish cart. You know, I'm not like you, Goody. I don't want to cause uproar, but I feel like sometimes I need to say things and I need to put it out there just to voice my opinion and not cause a debate. I'm not looking to do that at all, but... Why are you being so horrible? Matt, I'm not being horrible. I, I don't think... Well, it doesn't matter because the Toulouse were sensational, even with friend of the show, Zach Holmes, off the pitch anyway. Like, he's planted in that... Ready to make that tackle as... Wan him off. Imagine me called Wan him off. I know, him off. What a name. So, so Zach Holmes is obviously set. He's that set, ready to Wan him off. <laughs> wan him off. No, say it slowly. Wank him off. Oh, <laughs> uh, mate, I don't want to keep talking about Wan him off. Anyway, Zach Holmes is set, in my opinion, before him off. Steps in off the wing and he and he dips. I, I, someone sent me a screenshot. Like he's unfortunately dipped into that tackle. Yeah. Zach Holmes cannot change his body position there. He's set ready to tackle. He's a small man 
And they're, the, they're hard tackles, aren't they? Because there's no room for adjustment. He's got nowhere to, because of the touchline's there, mm. there's no real room for him to adjust. If Imhoff doesn't dip, it's a dominant tackle, which is what we all want to see. That, that, this is only my opinion. You can see Luke Pearce. You can see why he's given the red card, because in today's climate, he's hit him with his shoulder in the neck with force. Yeah. But to me, for Zach Holmes, that tackle is unavoidable. It's going. The game's going under miles an hour. I, I get that. Now, my my take on it, and I'm only saying this purely because I know where r- World Rugby are trying to take the tackle. They're trying to outlaw these high hit swinging shoulders with one straight arm, not because they want that out of the game, because they just see that as dangerous. The impact of if you do get it wrong, what happens? So um, I, I agree, and I thought Luke Pearce handled it. In one way, with one arm tied behind his back because of what he knows World Rugby want from a referee. But in the other sort of hand, he's looking at it going, trying to find a mitigating circumstance why he wants to give a yellow, not a red. Now, I actually think if you look back at it, he's made the decision after a bit of communication. Then the TMO Rowan kit has come back in it. I think he's trying to say something. Yeah, he did, 100%. 100%, And I think he was trying to say, I reckon he might have said... He's dipping Luke. Yeah, Luke, but then Luke's, Luke's, in but Luke's yeah. looked at it and gone, I'm giving it enough to try and see some mitigation. I don't see any, so I'm going to give it a red. And then you hear Ron Kit go, uh, Luke. Yeah, and then, then he's gone. And then he calls the captains and it's gone. So yeah. it's a re- it's a borderline one. And we, we spoke about, before the Autumn Internationals, we spoke about Owen Farrell. That's how he tackles with the swinging arm, shoulder, upright, which is what R- World Rugby are going to outlaw. Now, at some point, and we saw it in the Six Nations with Darcy Graham, we saw it against Africa in the Autumn. It will happen to other players. It will happen to Farrell. But that's why... World Rugby are just trying to get rid of it completely, which you have to change the tackle technique. I, 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 get, I get that. And and his was a complete accident, as we've just said. Yeah. Look at Manu. And we love Manu. But he's gone to take Sam Johnson's head off because... Sam it, Johnson's been smashing him. Because Sam Johnson's been smashing legal. him yeah, indeed. Look how, le- look how legal Sam Johnson's yeah, tackles were. that's a different tackle. That, that's like a head-on tackle. There's no... But Zach Holmes's was head-on. Yeah, but it, but it was an open play. I know that... I know so that, he's actually got longer to think about the tackle. Yeah, I don't, mate. He's got... The, the, the confined amount of space you to make. I'm, you're talking to a, a bigot here. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is, I completely understand your point. But what I'm saying is, you look at the way Sam Johnson tackled Manu Tuolangi every time yeah. against England Scotland. Manu's coming off the top of the line out. Sam Johnson in his head knows that unit's got a ten meter run up. Yeah. I'm going to chop him, and he chopped him. Sam Johnson's tackles were technically perfect. Yeah. And if if you go to World Rugby and go, show us a big hit that's legal. You put Sam Johnson's in there every day of the week. You've got one of the most powerful players in the world running at him, chops him down, bang. Zach Holmes has probably got a 10-metre decision to make when one him off running at him. Yeah, but one, um, one, it, one him off. If one him ca- off, does it... Ca- if, if, if... <laughs> <laughs> you know you know, I'm going to commentate on the top 14. No, I'll, if, I'll be starting calling him hey, one, one if one off. But if one of him off steps in... <laughs> I can't even bloody say it now. Him off steps in. Yeah. If him off keeps running down the touchline, though... Which obviously Zach Holmes needs to be prepared for. He's going to make a side-on tackle then. But look at the way Zach's set for the tackle. That's what I'm saying. He is, but that, but yeah, I, mate, I, it's so tough. And yeah, Zach's a, he's a top lad. He's come on here. He's a good lad. He's not a dangerous player, but you know we're going to continue talking about this behaviours of rugby players now because of the tackle law of what they want to see. You're going to have to change it. And well, why are you being horrible anyway, Goody? Why does it all have to be negative? Toulouse were fantastic. Oh, mate. What, I'm a game not... of, what a game of rugby. What a game of rugby. I haven't been negative about Toulouse. All I'm saying is that I thought Luke Pearce made the right decision because of the outcome of the tackle. And Toulouse were... What about Tarzan's offload? Apparently, he's 20 years old. Yeah. And he's unlike What a name. Tarzan. Hell of a... What's his name? <laughs> 
Tarzan. Tarzan. Which, Tarzan. Which in Scottish is Tarzan. Hell <laughs> of an awful I tweeted that. Hell of a bush as well. 45,000 impressions. So just, just stick in my box, Goody. Just tweet what I know stick about. Stick in your box? Yeah. You what? Stick in my box. Stick in your box what? What, what do you mean by stick in your box? <laughs> Genuinely... What do you mean? <laughs> you said it. What, what do you mean? You were like, I'm just sticking my box, cutie. Sticking it in my box, as in, like, I know what I'm talking about. What? <laughs> no. No, is that not? No, that's that not again, That's, yeah, not unrehearsed. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm sticking in my box, cutie. Sticking in your box? And I'm not... Whose box? Yeah, mate, what? And I'm not... I'm talking about stuff that I know, cutie. Yeah. Luggers. Yeah. And that, that got 45,000 impressions on Twitter, so thank you for it the It was a ridiculous offload around the back, though, wasn't it? How good are Toulouse? Yeah. The thing is, and we... Well, been, you, you, just, you. Just before you say anything yeah. about Toulouse, what I want need you to understand is I've been coached by their head coach, who's an absolute cowboy. Really? <laughs> yeah, zero um, structures, just like coaches off loads like that, which when I'm trying it, trying to get the ball around the belly, just doesn't work. <laughs> Mate, I played a brief. They've got star players, that's yeah. why, haven't they? Those youngsters, no fear. Mate. Untamac. Dupont. Um, How'd he go at 10? Oh, mate, DuPont moves from nine where he's tearing it up. They bring on Sebastian Bezzi. I thought Bezzi went to 10, no? No, DuPont moves to Did 10. He? And he made Finn Russell, stepped Finn Russell, yeah. scored a try. He DuPont was, was class. He was amazing. And you talk about watching Toulouse play, watch you know the French teams play, Claremont as well yesterday, ridiculous. And then you look at the French national team, coached by Jacques Brunel. <laughs> How can you be that good at club level and that bad at international level as a team? You've basically manipulated me that French rugby is embarrassing. And I've watched At national that. level, it is. But even at club level, a bit. I don't watch much top 14. I watch a lot of it because I commentate on it. And I'm watching that and I was like, I was actually excited watching the game. Yes, yes, yes. I was like... Um, I've loads of balls. It was, uh, how good is Cheslin Colby? Ridiculous. So he runs at you, Jim. What do you do? Just scream your man. <laughs> <laughs> and do not move. Like, how, He's, um, how are you not making a high shot on him? Yeah, no. He, he's phenomenal. Ridiculous Mate, footwork. He's bumping boys down. He's yeah. bumping boys off around around the breakdown yeah. as well. Amazing. And but you look at the game, right? So you look at compare that game to the Edinburgh Munster game as well. Now Munster win. Edinburgh have all the possession. A lot of opportunities don't take them. Rassing, how many opportunities did they have that they butchered as well? Yeah. When after Toulouse go down to fourteen, but the bite and the effort from the Toulouse players, you don't often see that in French teams. The whole razzmatazz of, of the, the racing team at the minute, there's so much stardust in that team, but the grit and the determination and the collectiveness of, of the Toulouse boys with a bit of stardust in terms of some of the tries they scored. When you get down to 14, everyone thinks, game over. You don't often see a French team with the fight in adversity that you saw from Toulouse. No, they were brilliant. I think Toulouse are going to win it. Do you think they'd beat Saracens, given Saracens' performance over the weekend? I mean, they hammered Glasgow. Did you watch that? Yes, they hammered them. They hammered them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. I think Toulouse, that's the best performance I've seen all season from a club team. You wreck. But I don't think Saris are playing that well. They've just put 50 on Glas- Glasgow. Well, we, we knew that anyway. Glasgow got loads of injuries. Oh, mate. Why are you using so many excuses? Mate, I'm, I support Saracens. You're Scottish, mate. You, you live in about? Edinburgh. You say yeah, so we hate Scottish till we hate you Glasgow. Die. We hate Glasgow, mate. Uh, no, I do love Glasgow, mate. They've got loads of injuries. I didn't think Glasgow were going to win. I said that before. Yeah. But you're now slagging off Saracens. Why are you being so horrible? I'm not slagging off Saracens. Saracens are the second box, best mate. team. Just... I will stick in my box. Yeah. Uh, comfortable win. Um, what was the big talking point? Oh, Faz. I say Faz like like with mates. He, he, he hates, hates me. He hates you, mate. Well, I hate him as well. No. I, I hate him because he hates you. He hates me. And yeah. He hates me because I'm shy, and I hate him because he thinks I'm shy. So, but anyway, I, I agree with him. Well, no, you were great, Jim. Well, this, we had this. Imagine big how good you'd have been in the eighties. I reckon I would have been a three-time British and Irish Lion. 
<laughs> do you not? Well, do you, not during the eighties because there weren't three tours in the eighties. But anyway, not, oh yeah, for, oh yeah, of course. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, this is the argument that we had when we were in Saint Anton or somewhere on the piss. That's where they are now, isn't it? That's where they are. That's why we couldn't get Alex Good on the phone as well. He's like, "You're shy, mate. You're shy." I said, "Oh, and you're a seven hundred fifty thousand pound player." I said, "I'm a half a million pound player." <laughs> I said, "That's a quarter of a million pound." Half a million what? Yen? <laughs> mate, the two hundred fifty grand difference, rupees. Mate. 250 grand, that's a big difference in players. Yeah. But yeah, he pulled out. Hey, right, as much as he didn't want to, rightly so, Mrs. giving birth yep. to baby Faz. I don't know if they had a boy or a girl. Obviously, I'm not in the loop. But, yep. but he still wanted to play. He was, yeah, I'll play and I'll go and see baby afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So I think that he, he's rang Smalley or text Smalley, Mark McCall at half two, saying, mate, I, hey, I'll be there for kickoff. Get Chopper out. Yeah. I'll, I'll come. I'll come play kick goals. I think Mark's had to say, mate, no, you need to hold fire. Family first. Family first. But Hashtag. on that note, Alex Good. How good? How is he not in the England squad, Eddie? Uh, plays 15, plays 10. Shh, no, no, no. Oh, no, don't say don't, that. Don't say oh, anything. Yeah. Don't he, pick him, he Eddie. Shouldn't, mate. He Eddie, shouldn't never be anywhere pick him. near it. Yeah. Versatile, you know, by having by having good cover 10 as well as 15, that means you can have another player in your squad. Just don't talk no, about no, it, no, Goody. Don't, don't, don't mention it. Don't. I wouldn't pick him either. Don't. Yeah, Eddie, you're dead right. Don't pick him. But if you're looking at rugby, how good was good? Oh, it was amazing. It's I, I did a Facebook Live yesterday for Rugby Pass, I and some, someone said to me, which is a bad Barrett, Got injured and, and Saracens are a different beast without Brad Barrett, aren't they? He's the glue. And dependent on his injury, what would you do? Do you move fast to twelve and say, "If fast get to twelve, lad, and kick goals from twelve and it make big hits." No, because they've not played ten twelve. Or that's why. Do you go Loz at twelve and Tompkins at thirteen and Faz back at ten and Good at fullback? I mean, if you're not breaking the salary cap, you might as well just pick them all. Hey, just because Wasps are in a relegation battle <laughs> now, Goody. Hey, how, how good is this? Top four. I'm quite happy to go with Marlis Tattoo. If now there we go. We've four. heard it here. Oh, did I? Did I say it? Down? We've heard it here. First. I'm excited for Hong Kong now. That's I, it, so. He's just said I'm quite happy to get tattoo of Joe Marler on your arse if Quinn's finishing the top four. It is happening, James. Well, mate, all I'm saying is is comfortable victory for Saracens, yeah. and if Stuart Hogg's hair is not in the ugly oh my this God. week, I don't know what is. Amazing. What Hoggy? What I mean? What smack that hole on the floor. Smack no, that, God, that's Acon. That's Acon. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of an Eminem song. <laughs> Snoop. Mm. No, 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 Snoop Dogg. No, leave it, James. Yeah. Yeah, well, you talk. You talk about who can win it now. Uh, and and can Toulouse win it? Semi-finals, eh? I'm going to go Saracens Toulouse final, and what an absolute really? belter! Yeah, where's the final? It's in Newcastle. Isn't yeah, it? New New oh. New And what are you going for the final? <sighs> Saracens Leinster. All right. Don't forget, you can catch all the season's Champions Cup, Premiership and Pro 14 action on RugbyPass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. Should we have a look at the rumour mill, guys? Anything floating around at the minute? Well, there's something floated around and basically landed over the weekend, wasn't it? Floated Which, around and landed? Yes. What, what floated? Well, it depends what floats, doesn't it? What floats it, your it, boat? It, it could be feather and it, or it could be a flying nappy with diarrhoea in it. I mean... <laughs> That's what generally happens in Coventry. Where does your mind go, so, James? Yeah, Mike Ford to Leicester. I did not see that. You say he's, a fl- he's a floater. I'm not saying he's a floater. I'm just saying that there was rumours floating that turned out to be true. Now I thought he was going to Doncaster. That's what I heard. I heard it was a, a two horse race between Mike Ford and the other guy, Andy <laughs> Robinson, to Donny. Donny, Donny, Donny. Oi, oi, oi. Um, and no. Good choice for the Tigers, do you think, lads? I'm not getting involved. That's all I'm saying now. Goody, good choice. Um, 
It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you speak to anyone at Bath, you know, the whole relationship with him and his son and his other sons at the club, et cetera, et cetera. He'll be angling for their coach's job. And I said that to Jordan Murphy. I texted him. I said, um, you know, he's done it to other people. You know, ultimately, the board have panicked. And now um, they've panicked and they said, right, he's available. Let's just get him in for experience. Leicester's issue, and we've, we've said it for ages, their recruitment's been poor. There's chat about uh, Jed Glynn, who's been in charge of recruitment for the last couple of years, being moved aside to a different role. And I said it at the start of the year, it's a mid-table squad, isn't it? Uh, the Leicester squad, because of recruitment. Because I, I don't think their recruitment's been been good in in terms of long-term planning and you know Mike Ford's going to come in and and you know help them for the rest of the season I've got no doubt he wants to be director of rugby head coach he'll be presenting plans to Simon Cohen to the board to take over and and have his role and you know, puts pressure on Jordan Murphy's been installed as the as the head coach long-term but contracts are there for when the clubs want them to be there don't they he, he he'll, he'll want to be a head coach and he'll you know he'll have one eye on well, he'll have one eye on helping out Leicester to stay up in relegation. He'll have his other eye on trying to be director of rugby taking over next year. But I heard Michael Checker is on the horizon. Good interview on Checker on Rugby Pass. Yep. Let's enjoyed that. Enjoyed his candidity. Candidity. Candidness. Candidness. Yeah. Any other rumours floating around? Gareth Anscombe. Matt, I'd be. I wouldn't be shocked, I suppose, if he goes. Half a mil to Briss. I know. Does that mean Madigan's going to be leaving then? I don't know whether Madigan has he got another year. Madigan, yeah, maybe. I thought he has. Yeah, I thought he's got another year. Though. I think they, you know, I think they are a club with Dollar. cash, with uh, ability for, uh, for an owner just to go go and sign him, go and sign How? him. There's a salary cap though, Goody. How? Houses in uh, Devon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bristol's near Devon, and it's like Luton to St Albans. Yeah, very true. Very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gareth Anscombe, half a million quid to to Bristol. He had a little pop at the WIU, didn't he, about the way these new contracts are looked at and um, and the tiering system of how they get paid. Anscombe, bottom line, man the match in the Grand Slam game. You know, he sat there now going, he will go to the World Cup. And then, you know, it, it then becomes a decision. And you go back to this Leicester scenario where 10 years ago, Leicester could sign a player for less money than somewhere else because they're a big club always in finals, that leads to England selection. The game's changed, so players now look at it and go, I could get injured tomorrow, but I need to secure my future. So someone sticks half a million quid on the table as a contract, and you go, well, I might not play international rugby again, or I can't play international rugby for that period, or they may change it and let me play. Or say Wales were offering him 300 grand. You're taking 500 grand every day of the week. I saw a picture of Anscombe actually on Instagram. I liked it 100 times over. Absolutely shredded. I really? That, I saw that too. Oh, how good did he look? Yeah, he looked great. If I got shredded, would you speak about me like that? Or You'd have a lot of loose skin, so I'd probably, <laughs> no, no. Please don't go that, that like oh, we, that. We had this conversation, didn't we, Jim? So I want to lose weight, right? I want to, you know, get in the gym and, and you know, make myself feel a bit better, look a bit better, all this stuff. Jim's like Goody, off air, don't do it. He no, it won't work. It won't be half as funny. All my jokes, all my, my one-liners. I didn't say that. You did. No. No, I said take one step at a time. That's what I said. Come off the vape. I said come off the vape, drink less, yeah. and then just take a few steps towards all right, I might righteous, ju- righteousness. So I'm this not, is why you didn't sign up for the gym, because Jim asked you not to, is it? I blame Jim, but I'm, yeah. after Hong Kong, I think I might need a gym. Are you bringing your gym gear to Hong Kong? I've packed it, James. Really? I've packed I'll it. i to the gym. I'll show you a bit or two, hey? Come on, Hong Kong. Any other rumours floating around? Well, Ronan O'Gara, talking. I'd be. I wouldn't be sad. I don't even know the bloke. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he went to Montpellier. It depends. There's talk of Vern going to France. 
Mate, how weird is it how your life goes, eh, as a coach? Like, you got him, or, you know, from a player, obviously playing all his life at Munster, playing for Ireland, there to lead, you know, there, like the furniture, similar to O'Connell. And then he goes out, flies the nest, ends up in Paris with all his kids. Next thing, is in New Zealand. Mate, there's a chance that he might end up being the All Blacks coach one day. No chance. Because if he goes Rob- in uh, uh, with Robinson. Scott Robinson, yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about head coach. Sorry, I thought you meant head no, coach. No, no, but as it, no, I don't mean head as in going into that oh, system yeah, yeah, for the next that. 10 years. Yeah. And next thing, like your family's uh, Kiwis, effectively. 10 mm. years, I don't know. Where's Jim Hamilton's life going? Who knows, mate? <laughs> I'm going to Hong Kong. I don't even want to think past uh, are we day one. Home? Let's just make sure we get home. It's coming home. It's I don't coming. know. Are you coming home, Jim? I don't know. I'm coming home. <laughs> just, I'll get you on that flight. You remember last time we went to Hong Kong? Well, last time I went to Hong Kong, I had to get, I had to literally put um, Shane Horgan in a wheelchair. That wasn't the last time the you went to Hong Kong, now was yeah, it, James? I forgot about the last time. I don't talk about that. <laughs> and you had a man naked on your bed. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> didn't happen. Should while, we have a while look? FaceTiming your missus. I don't know. It didn't happen. <laughs> didn't even know who he was. No. Should we have a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly? Let's. Loads of good as ever. We're going to start off in Super Rugby. Super Touch and the Sunwolves, who have been booted out of Super Rugby. They've been axed. Uh, two away wins on the spin. This time, 31-29 at the Waratahs. They're angry. So, the Sunwolves win. Oh, uh, Camel Shat. That's the name I was looking for. Sorry. <laughs> Cam- yeah, what? <laughs> Camel Shat what? That, uh, we were talking about uh, him off. How good. Uh, how good. We'll, put him in, we'll put my bit into the good. Camel Shat again gets me every time. Sorry. So what? what what's the relevance? <laughs> what, what, I just googled you it. Just, you just like I'll his just, name, Camel Shat. Yeah. Oh. Camel Shat played with Wank him off. There's, there's no, there's, <laughs> there is no relevance to the good, the bad, and the ugly, except that that is a good name. Oh God, I should have had my notes and I would have written it down, but I didn't. Camel Shat, what a player, Maybe what a name. name. Anyway, sorry. Uh, what else is good? Claremont and Northampton playing out a 99-point thriller. That's just 248 points and 34 tries in three games between the two of them this season. Defence was certainly optional. What else is good? The biggest crowds in European quarterfinals since 2011 and 2012. A total of 1.35 million fans uh, have come through the gates to attend the Champions Cup and Challenge Cup games so far this season. Absolutely outstanding. The Ruggers... Is growing. I think it's more than that. My mate in Russia climbed over the fences. Oh, said. did he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else was good? Uh, Saracens, way too strong for Glasgow at Allianz Park and look to me like favourites for the competition. But the goo this week goes over to France. You what? You heard it here first. The goo this week is making its way over the channel into France and over to Toulouse. Wow. Especially Maxime Medard's try and Luca Tarzan, a.k.a. Tarzan's offload in particular. Toulouse played for an hour with 14 men after Zach Holmes uh, got sent off away at Rassen and came back from 10-7 down to win. Uh, the good this week goes to Toulouse. Wow. Uh, bad. Well, I talked about the good in this game. But the bad, some of the defence in that Claremont versus Northampton game was pretty bang average. Um, what else was bad? Glasgow. I expected more from them, Jim. Got their pants absolutely pulled down by Saracens. A lot of injuries. Was it? Pants pulled down, skid marks showing in the mouth, in the dog's mouth. What, where, where well, were I've seen Rob Harley, who's the gingerbread row for them. And yeah, there's. I've seen a, a couple of stains. I'd say a couple. I've probably seen the biggest skid marks I've ever seen on the players' <laughs> pants in my life. In them. So That was pretty bad. Um, what else was bad? We'll go to Leicester. Their second string were losing. 48-0 at half-time to Wasps A-team. Absolutely mauled to the cowsheds 
I'm back. Uh, they ended up losing 62-19 to the Mighty Wasps. Oh, you had to get Wasps in there. Hey, come on, Wasps. Hey, relegation, on, wasps. Loom. relegation looms. Uh, that was pretty bad. But the bad this week is going to go to Stuart Hogg with the worst haircut you've ever seen in your life. I mean, the dyed peroxide look, the 1980s called, they want their peroxide back. Hoggy, what are you doing? I'm some shady. You know when you dye your hair, it weakens the hair fibres and they go a bit strawy and then you have to let it grow out and then you cut it off and it regrows. When you've had hair plugs, you shouldn't be doing that, Stuart. It'll fall out. Imagine all the bleach on the front of your head where you've had your hair plugs go in. You run the risk and when you've got good hair like myself, after my uh, hair transplant, Landmark Clinic, email me. Are they after you, are they? No, no, I can help people. I want to help the world. I know it's not about helping the world. This is a money-driven thing to pay it's for not. the nannies. It's it is. Not. It's, it's not. an activate. It's an uh, anyway, Stuart Hogg's lid gets the bad this week. Going for the M&M look. Um, ugly. Uh, only one ugly thing this weekend. Unfortunately, Dan Levy's horrible knee injury uh, in his second game back from another injury. It's too gruesome to show on TV, but it looks like he could miss the World Cup. Uh, really bad luck with injuries for the... Poor fella. Um, wish him all the best in his recovery, but unfortunately, that's the ugly this week. A real ugly injury for Levy. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.